0: Welcome to the LTC University podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to
1: the LTC University podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and today we have my friend Lisa Yacoby. Lisa is a coach, and she she works with organizations, coaching people, and doing all kinds of different stuff, storytelling. And today we're going to be talking about just that storytelling and how to tell a good story. Lisa, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Lisa, I want you to ask, answer this question first. Why storytelling? Why do people need to know the basics of storytelling? Why is it important?
2: Okay. I'm actually going to answer that question with a story.
1: That's perfect. So.
2: Yeah. In 2007, Joshua Bell, who's a famous violinist, decided to hold a concert in Washington, D.C. in the metro. And at 7:12 in the morning, he started to play the violin. And over a thousand people in the next hour walked by. And from those thousand people, seven people paused. I think half of them were children. The rest just walked by.
3: Hmm.
2: Now why did nobody pay any attention to him? He's one of, he was one of the top violinists in the world.
3: Hmm, yeah.
2: Because he didn't, why he didn't grab their attention. Right. He was wearing a baseball cap. He was just standing there in the subway. Like many people do who are not very talented. I'm assuming the subway and the Metro are the same. I'm not sure. Maybe Metro is a train station. In any case, there there are lots of people in, in, both kinds of stations that people just don't assume have any talent. And so based on the way he looked, they just walked by. Yeah. Now, some weeks later, he put up notices that he was going to be giving a free concert in the metro. And thousands of people came.
3: Hmm.
2: It was like a mob scene. So he grabbed their attention. Yeah. With those notices, they understood So I think the point is that stories grab attention.
3: Mm -hmm. So if
2: you want someone to listen to you, rather than launching in to a bunch of facts, launching into a story is going to get their attention.
0: It's
1: it's way more bang for your buck. (laughs) Especially if you're in marketing, if you're in leadership, Um, you need to be able to communicate through story. And and, and here's the deal. Story is not something that's new. It's been going on since the cavemen. And, you know, and they've been writing stories on the walls of caves since the beginning of time. And it's not something new that um, and that's how we receive information as humans. I think is the best way is through story.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the difference between the first time he played in the Metro when no one paid attention and the second time? It's actually that the second time they understood that this was going to be a valuable performance. Mm. So the difference between a story that doesn't capture interest and a story that does is that people see it as valuable. Right. And you're absolutely right if we think about how um, all of us have learned about our history and our traditions and our beliefs, all of that was imparted to us as children in stories. Most of the Bible is stories. And fairy tales, very interesting, even predate any spiritual scriptures Mm -hmm. that we know of they were and they were not originally stories for children they were the way cultures before there was the written word Mm -hmm. stories and the stories some of the stories which today we we call fairy tales are the way the values and the beliefs and the history and the traditions of the culture were passed on
1: absolutely yeah, I just heard a story the other day um, of a person from Iceland and that's huge to their culture and passing down their heritage and their, the different things um, that they um, kind of, that are part of their culture. That's how they've passed that down from, from generation to generation. Really? That's, telling the that's really
2: every culture. It, it really we all, is. We all know the stories um, that are the foundation of our belief system.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So a lot of times people ask, once they find out that storytelling is important to selling or to being a leader, you know, how do you tell a good story? So I want to tell our listeners here that if you have friends, you know how to tell a good story. Yeah. Because that's what friends do. They tell each other stories. Mm -hmm. And if you tell really boring stories, you're probably not going to have any friends. Hmm. So everybody knows intuitively how to tell a good story, right? Just like everybody knows how to speak, but put somebody in front of a room or in a situation where they have to, you know, speak, or they have to tell a good story and all of a sudden they start getting nervous. Yeah. Because it is a little bit different. What you're going to say, you don't have the leisure in front of the room to just meander here and there and what you're sharing. And, The same when you're telling a story for a purpose. You want to be sure it fits that purpose. Yeah. So I want to tell you something else that made me see the value of storytelling. Because years ago, um, like 15, more than 15 years ago, um, I was talking to my brother. And my father had passed on some years before. And he said to me, you know, Lisa, dad left us an inheritance Hmm. now. I never heard anything about an inheritance. That sounded good to me. Yeah. (laughs) That sounded like money. So I'm like, really? I was all excited. And he said, yeah. I said, what? And he said, actually, it's all in this box that I found. I'm like, well, what was in it? And he said, cassette tapes.
1: Hmm. That
2: was the inheritance that dad left us. Wow. And I said, well than I it. He said, okay. And he gave me this box. And in it was all these um, cassette tapes. For mm-hmm. those of you who are young, those are recordings. <laughs> and they were all the, um, what I call the oldies but goodies, all the old time motivational speakers, hmm. Les Brown, uh, Zig Ziglar. And I started listening to yeah, them. And some right. of them were in cases, missing some cassettes. Some of them weren't in the best shape but I said you know what my brother has this insight this is all I got from my dad and I'm gonna listen Hmm. I started listening and at that time I had just started my uh, coaching business I was doing personal and professional coaching and as I listened I thought these are pretty good and then I started thinking you know what I could be a speaker Hmm. And not only did I go on to being a speaker, but I've spent the last 12 years coaching speakers. So it really was the inheritance that my dad left me. He gave me a way to earn a very good living and have a great career. Yeah. But here's why I'm telling you this story. So I noticed that when I was listening in the car um, to, to these cassettes, when the speaker was sharing ideas and theories, I would kind of drift off. And then the speaker would start a story and I'd be riveted back onto that cassette. And this happened again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's really amazing. Like, even though I think I want to learn all these motivational tips, and (laughs) the truth is they really make my mind wander. Yeah. But what brings it back are these stories. Sure. And as when I was first a speaker, I actually was kind of this no nonsense sort of speaker. And I really didn't want to tell a whole lot of stories. You know, to me, it was like a lot of fluff. You know, let me just get let me just bottom line it. That was my thought. Mm -hmm. But the more I listened to these stories and I saw how engaging they were, the more I started to question my original um, conception of how to relay information effectively. Yeah. So if you want to hold attention, you got to tell stories. Absolutely. That's the point.
1: Yeah. And I think if you've ever been inspired, if you've ever, you know, something for you, you know, that inspired you to become a a speaker, um, getting those tapes, hearing those stories, it's been through a story when you've been inspired the most. I really believe that.
2: So my favorite, favorite speaker in that, cassette box and the one that actually inspired me to become a speaker was Les brown mm. so he to me still even at this point he's still around still speaking is just was the consummate speaker that and i think he inspired i was once in a room of speakers and they and somebody asked who is inspired here to become a speaker because of Les Les brown and more than half the people in the room including me raised their hands yeah So Les Brown has a quote that I said on the last podcast I was on with you, Jamie, which is that if information could change people, we'd all be rich, thin and happy. I'm going to repeat Mm. that. Yeah. So if information could change people, we'd all be rich, thin and happy because there's plenty of information out there about those things. But what actually gets people to change and motivates them is inspiration. Mm-hmm. And inspiration means you're listening or seeing something or hearing something that evokes emotion. Yeah. So stories evoke emotion. And and emotion creates motion. So if you want people to listen to you, you want their intention, you want them to be engaged, you want to motivate them. You want them, you want to persuade them, you want to tell them a story because you're going to evoke emotion with a story and in a way that no amount of information is going yeah. to do.
1: So let's get into kind of the meat and bones here. The, um, a story has a formula. Let's, let's get into that and talk about kind of what makes a story a good story.
2: Okay. Let's start with what makes a story a story. Mm-hmm so i went down the block and i bought a carton of milk that is not a story (laughs) right i would just call that an incident yeah and a story now we all know this intuitively um but it's hard to kind of deconstruct what what we um sense So what what separates just an incident, something that occurred, from a story is, first of all, a story has three parts. This sounds really simple. A beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. And a story starts with the protagonist, which might be you or someone else. Or we could call them a hero, if they are a hero, not a villain. But somebody, (laughs) good or bad, who either has a problem or a desire. And then something gets in their way. And so the beginning is you or someone else that you're telling a story about has something that they want or something, uh, a problem that they need to resolve. And there's some kind of obstacle. And then the third part is, so the middle is the obstacle, the conflict with the obstacle, whatever's in the way. And the third part is the resolution, which could Mm -hmm. be a happy ending or not. So if, if you're... What you're sharing does not have three parts. I wouldn't call it a story. Right. <clears throat> now, what separates a good story from a story that's not good is a good story has something surprising, some kind of twist in it. And and it has or it's emotionally evocative.
0: Mm-hmm. Or both. Right.
2: So what we don't like <laughs> is boring stories. Boring stories are predictable. There's no surprising twist. And they don't evoke any emotion. Right. So those are two of the things that make a story effective. There's something unexpected. And the more amazing or shocking, the better. Absolutely. We like stories like that. We like conflict. And the more emotion they evoke. The more we like them. Mm-hmm.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, we like conflict. There's never been a movie made, a good movie that's been made that didn't have tons of conflict in it. You know, it, we we say we don't like conflict personally, but conflict is what makes a good story. You just don't well, have we, it. Without we like
2: it, it vicariously. We mm-hmm. really don't want to have all these obstacles well, yeah. in our daily life, but we like to go to a movie mm-hmm. and vicariously um experience the conflict because that helps us deal with our own conflicts sure and also emotion nobody wants to sit around in their life and cry over their problems but we're all or most of us are willing to go to a movie and cry over someone Mm -hmm. else's so we want the conflict and the negative emotions to be we want to experience them vicariously
1: yeah go go ahead no go ahead
2: so what I was going to say is the reason that we do most things in the world is because we want to feel a certain way. You know, we want to feel good. Mm-hmm. Feelings is really what um, we navigate with. We, we move towards the things that make us feel good, and we move away from the things that make us feel bad. Sure. And we, what we really like is to feel excited. We mm-hmm. love that feeling of excitement. And anything that's going to excite us is something we're going to want to experience more. So let's say you want people who are in a class to pay attention and do what you're you're um, sharing with them. Or you want a customer to buy something. Or you want to persuade someone in your life to change. You've got to evoke that um, um, an emotion in them. Mm-hmm. And a positive emotion, the most positive emotion you can evoke that will get people moving is excitement. Yeah. Obviously, if you don't want them to do something, you're going to want to evoke fear. So we're all looking to feel. Sure. And like I said, the negative emotions we prefer vicariously. But basically, the way we communicate is mostly through stories. You know, Absolutely. we'll tell someone a story, ask their advice. We'll tell someone a story. We'll give them advice. And um, just something interesting is that I like to sometimes just listen um, when people are talking nearby. And let me ask you if you've noticed this, Jamie. What do you think this storytelling um, differential is between men and women? What would you say?
1: Um, you, you know, that's a good question. I, I think... Probably details. Um, so who
2: tells more stories? Let me make a, a more clear. Ask your more clear question.
1: You know, I, for me, I I tell a lot of stories, probably more than, say, my wife would. Um, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, I guess.
2: Interesting. Yeah. So that probably comes down to disc, and um, a lot of you listening know Jamie's and I. I people oh, yeah. love to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Yep, they love to entertain and inspire and engage people, make them laugh, mm-hmm. um, uplift them. So, and your wife, I think, is a C. So She's C a D. So C people tend to be. She's a D. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit more bottom line at no-nonsense type. Yes.
1: Very no-nonsense. I'll
2: tell you what I noticed through listening to people. So I've been traveling the world for five and a half years, and I would say part of that time I rented furnished apartments, well, in Italy. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, I was in hotels. It's kind of a long story itself, which I won't have time to tell. But I got to be in a lot of hotel lobbies. And one of the things I love to do in hotels, and I love hotels, is sit in the lobby in the evening and work. And usually people are talking around me. And I love to listen to the differences in the way men and women talk. And what I noticed is generally women will tell very long stories. And there's a point, and very often they don't articulate it. Hmm. One of them will start a story, then another one, and um, that's how they communicate. They don't state the point. Right. And men will tell stories as well, but they spend a lot of time talking about sports and about technology and analyzing and comparing. Um, so I think women tend to, to be more, tell more stories, and when it comes to a situation where they are required to tell a story, it's a bit easier for them. Yeah. But there's plenty of wonderful male storytellers as well. Sure. Just, I thought that was just an interesting fact.
1: Yeah, that is. Yeah.
2: So I want to say one more thing, like why I'm talking about storytelling today. First of all, because um, this is the way you get people's attention and get them to listen to you. So if you're doing a presentation in front of a room, you want to tell stories because the more stories you tell, the more entertaining you'll be, the more emotional people will get, the more they'll enjoy it. And here's something really interesting. I was once working with a speaker who spoke on adult learning, and he said one of the things they found out in their research is that we remember things that evoke emotion. Yeah. And we don't and we don't remember things that don't. So obviously you don't want to do a presentation what that people forget. (laughs) Yeah. So if you tell a story, they're going to remember the story. And if the story contains the information you want to convey, which is the point of the story, Mm -hmm. they're going to remember it. And the reason I'm talking about this today is that, um, also to get people to even go, let's say to a presentation, which is something that we want to do. Um, you want to tell a story about the, that illustrates the outcome of going to that presentation. So let's say I want you to go to a presentation with me on um, the keto diet. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna say, you know what, Jamie, um, I've learned about the keto diet and I've, I've found that um, it's very effective because what I read is that if you cut out starch, you will get your body into something called ketosis And that's going to expedite your weight loss. What do you think? You want to come?
1: I'm bored. I didn't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I say, you know what? I saw this video of this guy that went on the keto diet, which is basically you just cut out starch. Mm -hmm. And in six months, he went from being super obese to enrolling in a bodybuilding competition. And I was just blown away. And he's going to be speaking tonight.
3: Yeah.
1: Big difference. Walk,
2: you want to come right.
1: Big difference. And that didn't so, take any more time or any less time. It, it was the same amount of time to tell that story than just giving the information, but it's a world of difference.
2: So let's say you want to get a group of people to do your, you have a, you work in an organization, you want them to come to the corporate training. You would not give them an outline of some of the information You would want to tell them, you know what, I know somebody who either went to this class and it changed, you know, their game totally, Mm -hmm. or simply that the information that you're going to hear, you tell a story about it, is a game changer. Mm -hmm. So information, again, is not the way to inspire people to action. Storytelling is.
1: Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the thing you mentioned earlier, you talked about the char- one of the characters in a good story, um, the protagonist, the hero of the story, if you will. Um, I think there's another important character in, in almost every story, and that's the guide. There's always a guide in the story, and I think that that character is really important. Um, a lot of times, you know, if we're leading, we play that character in the story, not the hero. Um, the guide is the Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's the Yoda. It's the... Um, those are the characters. You know, I think of, uh, you know, in Rocky, it was his trainer. It was... It was... Those people made all the difference in the story. Yeah, I think
2: you would see the guide in a more lancy story. So my mm-hmm. little story about the keto sure. diet.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I would say there's also a villain. Mm-hmm. So let's say the guy who was... um obese <laughs> right. is our hero and the villain doesn't have to be a person the villain right. is starch sure yeah and he found out about the the keto diet you know got away from the starch and ended up becoming a bodybuilding um champion right and yeah. there could be so if if i was going to tell the story at length i might say there was this i saw this video about this guy he was very overweight, and he found this book by um, this famous dietitian. I don't know any of their names. Um, <laughs> wait, what was the one? <laughs> Similar to Atkins?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What you're... Yeah. I it was Atkins. Atkins is the old yeah. kind
2: of keto diet. Yeah. But, um, anyway, there's lots of people that, that talk about the keto diet today. So that person would be the guide. So he read right. this book by this guy. Got enrolled in his program, started watching his videos, and he would be the guide. He would be the person that guides Mm -hmm. that person from, you know, their desire or problem to the happy ending in this case.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And I think Okay, so I want to say one other thing about the story is you wanna So in order to get people to listen to your stories, besides it having some interesting twist, a beginning, middle, and end, you know. The hero, maybe the guy, you know, the villain and the resolution. You also want to start it in a way that will grab attention. Mm-hmm. So if I start a story in a way, um, let's say I started a story like this, for example. You know, I have an uncle and he lived on a farm in Minnesota. And he, I mean, does that, are you interested in that?
1: No, no, no. not interested in farming. <laughs> I'm not interested. In, I mean, I have uncles, but, yeah, not really.
2: This doesn't sound like it's going to be a good story. And if I'm the kind of person that tells long stories, you might already start to check out. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if I said I have an uncle and he had a farm in Minnesota and he was born with two heads, are you interested?
1: Now I'm interested. Now I want to figure right. out why and how this guy has two yeah. heads.
2: <laughs> you want to know what's funny? So I always like to give this when I work with speakers. So I, I do speech writing and speaker coaching. So when I, I was telling this story to someone who actually came from a farm in the Midwest. And when I told, and I said, Which story would interest you? Just I have an uncle who has a farm in Minnesota, or I have an uncle who was born with two heads and he had a farm in Minnesota. And she said, You know, There are some farm animals with two heads Mm -hmm. so who knew yeah it's a good story anyway yeah because i'm not i don't and you know what and she told me some people are too you know i think um there's there are uh, if if you google it
3: yeah there's
1: (laughs) siamese twins
2: Unfortunately, yeah some people who have all kind of shared body parts sure but the point is There's a few different ways to start a story to grab people's attention or to start a presentation Mm -hmm. either way. So one way to start a story, which is one I just shared with you, which is just to start with a really interesting fact. My uncle was born with two heads. That is immediately going to grab attention. Something that's surprising, shocking. Start that way and you will not see a person Drift, you know, looking the other way and drifting off.
3: Yeah.
1: I call it a hook. You've got to have this hook to get people interested and and draw them in to say, okay, I want to know more.
2: Okay. So I might also start with an interesting question. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, A
2: question that's of relevance to the person I'm talking to. And there are some questions that are relevant to most people. So I might say, you know, my brother, not long ago, was sleeping on my mom's couch because he was dead broke. And the last time I saw him, he uh, had a million dollars worth of gold in the bank. Would you like to know how he did that?
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Right. Most people would. Mm-hmm. And that is a true story, by the way. Well, I don't know if he had a million dollars worth of gold in the bank, but he had a lot of gold in the bank and, right. and he was making a million dollars he made a million dollars. Right. So anyway, most people would like to, to hear how he went from, from mom's couch to being a millionaire right. and putting gold in the bank. So you, if you ask a good enough question, you will have people's attention.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'll give you another example from a presentation I did. So I worked with um, Mark Eaton, who just passed away. He was one of my absolute favorite clients. He was an NBA basketball player, an all-star. And he holds a record for most block shots to this day. Hmm. And we started his speech with a question. He walked out after they showed his introductory video, and he was seven foot four. Wow. And um, yeah, <laughs> just the way he looked was a wow. So he'd walk out after you've watched his reel and seen all his victories in basketball, and then you see this tall guy. And he would just stop and pause and look out in the audience and ask, what do people really want from you? Hmm. And a lot of people would answer. He'd raise his hand and people would say all sorts of things, love, attention, respect, you name it. Right. And they never gave the answer that he gave and that we knew we had a good question because he would agree with every one of them. Mm -hmm. He'd say, yes, people do want that. And they do want that from you. But there's one thing they want more than all that. Now, do you want to hear the answer to that question?
1: Oh, yeah. Now I do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they want you to take them to the next level. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, you, a great question is a question that people really want the answer to and can't find. Yeah. They can't find that answer easily. So that's a great way to start a story or a presentation Mm -hmm. with a question that people have difficulty in answer that really makes them pause and think.
3: Yeah.
1: And and as you're saying all this, Lisa, I'm thinking about people just how to use this in their daily work. You know, if you're leading a meeting, man, start that meeting out with an inspiring story or something or problem.
2: And start Uh, that story with a great or Yeah. With a great question.
1: And if people do that, they're going to, engage people right away because I think that's what makes a meeting a horrible meeting is when nobody's engaged and if you can engage people from the get-go man you're going to have a much better meeting than if you don't plan and prepare that at least the intro and the, the starting point for that
2: okay I want to share another way to start a story so people are listening and that's with a really fascinating statistic mm-hmm And, um, I think I've heard this one and, um, some of the medical, clinical medical people out there might not have it right, but I, it was something like one in three people are going to die of cancer. So look around to the left and to the right. Mm. One of you three. Yeah. Are probably
1: that evokes emotion right
3: away.
2: Yeah. So it's an interesting statistic. Um, this one doesn't have numbers in it, but it's a kind of statistic. So I used to speak to singles years ago. That's how I got my start. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would walk into a room and everyone would laugh at this because this is one of these things that, um, I think I shared in the last time we were talking, um, that people believe in New York. I don't know if it's true, (laughs) (laughs) but I walked into a room and I said, um, you all have heard that um, a woman over 30 in New York has a better chance of being struck by lightning than getting married. Right. Which made everybody laugh. And then I think I'd say something like, let's see if we can beat those odds, you know. Right. So, but anyway, starting with it, a fact, a question, um, a statistic is going to... um, grab attention or just simply an unresolved conflict sure so you might just start a story like last night at midnight someone knocked at my door
3: mm-hmm.
2: no one's gonna stop at that moment and say hey wait a minute i need to make a phone call right they're just gonna hang in there and really wait. say what happened yeah yes so you want to start with kind of um Something intriguing, something people just want to know. Okay, mm-hmm. what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the best way to grab interest. You just start that story with something Yeah, that people just have to hear just a little bit more about.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think TV sh- old TV shows did a really good job with this. Even some newer ones, you know, by the end of the episode, they leave what's called a cliffhanger, you know, to get you to come back. And I think you're – either getting people to come back to a story or, you know, continue a story because yeah, you of the be, question. Yes,
2: you, exactly. I kind of started with a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. which is a great way to start a story. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a great way. Um, Lisa, I think, I think these are some great, we could go on for, for this for a day. Um, no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, I think this is such a great skill for people. Anybody that's, has to do some type of communication. And, and, I, and that's pretty much just about everybody. Um, whether you're leading a phone call, uh, you know, whether you're leading a meeting, whether you're giving a presentation, whatever you're doing, whether you're just hanging out with some friends, this is such a great skill to to be able to have and to be able to get better at.
2: All right, so if you want people to take an action to buy something, to go somewhere, mm-hmm. To do something different you've got to inspire them to do it
1: yeah i think of one of the uh, you know things in marketing that you see people a mistake that people make is they just kind of i call it this is kind of gross but call it product puking and they just go and just tell you all about a product what it does the statistics about it the facts about it which inspires nobody. But man, if you can start about a a story where that product changed somebody's life and made all the difference and solved a problem and and solved a conflict, I'm much more apt to buy that product every single time. Right,
2: so we we, we all want to hear and we love before and after stories, you know, Mm -hmm. these makeover stories, these rags to riches. And they grab our attention because we feel like, maybe we want that transformation
3: yeah absolutely
2: yeah and that that story is going to help us believe because we start vicariously experiencing experiencing it through the story that that could happen to us or someone we know that we care about depending on what the story is about yes so um I think this is a skill that, like I said, we all have intuitively Mm -hmm. every, if you have a friend, you know how to tell a story, but there are ways that you can tell them in a professional setting or for a reason that make them more effective. And that's, that's really what I hope that we've shared um, with people today.
1: Absolutely. Lisa, thank you for your time.
2: Okay. Can I tell people how to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Please, please do. Okay. (laughs) So you can um, email me at Lisa, L-I-S-A, at Lisa Yacobi, that's a tricky one, Y-A-K-O-B-I. Again, it's Lisa at LisaYacobi.com. And I actually have a blog, um, LisaYacobi.com, which um, people can go to and you can read uh, some of the stories. Um, I've written some stories there that you might enjoy and you can find out more about me and um, how you might learn some storytelling and uh, presentation skills sure. or, or get some coaching I absolutely
3: that.
1: that's great okay. awesome Lisa thanks again
2: well, thanks for having me on absolutely fun. we'll Thank do it again
0: now, just a couple of announcements every single month on the first Monday of the month we have an event called the community leadership assembly you are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits at this event. You'll hear from a couple different speakers and we're going to provide lunch for only $10. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you come to 1626 on main in Columbia, South Carolina. Also, if you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC university podcast, give us a five-star rating We would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.